it is the Saturday Coffee Clutch. Uh, with Heather Long, uh, Lofthouse, Heather. Whatever my, I don't even I know, know my own I name. I mean, you are uh, such a terrific addition to the world. <laughs> Thank you. I try, uh, depending on for, the day. There's some days thank it's not for, great. Thank you for coffee. And you are also my former student uh, and executive director of Inequality Media Civic Action. True. And we get together on Saturdays with coffee to talk about the week. Yes. I like to ask you questions. Sometimes and I like I, to ask you questions. Sometimes I chime in. And um, this was a week. This was an interesting week. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, mean, I mean, it's... Um, there was a lot of a lot of buzz this week. Uh, it doesn't seem like this was a big week for political or legislative action, uh, but a lot of things happened yes. this week. So, <laughs> should we start with? Can I ask you one? Of course. Okay, Alex Murdaugh. Yes. Convicted. Oh, he was convicted of of murder. Murder. I know. And um, uh, two, I think, two life sentences without parole. For the murder of his son and his wife. Mm-hmm. Now, were you tracking this the whole time? Uh, you know, I didn't pay a great deal of yeah. attention. I, but what intrigued me about the case is that this is a man of privilege and power. He's a major. He was a major. Is uh, still a major figure in South Carolina. And so importantly, was his father and grandfather. So it is intergenerational power. So it's kind of a uh, an aristocracy, a kind of a local aristocracy, and so. When something like this happens, I mean, people are murdered all over the country all the time. And sometimes people actually murder their spouses and children. How horrific it sounds. And it is horrific. But why did this become such a sensation? Because he is the establishment. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's the the, the power, the money. Um, and he looked at uh, the little clips I saw. Yeah, and he's connected, and he is rich, but also he is being toppled. I mean, he had addiction, and he had yeah, serious... and opio- the opioid yeah. story is one that didn't get very much attention, and I think it should have because he did have a history of opioids, uh, and I think he used the defense used that uh, opioids have affected. Obviously, huge numbers of people in this country continue to affect them. Uh, The fallout is gigantic. Obviously, opioids are not the explanation for the murder. Uh, He had embezzled Mm -hmm. his firm, um, apparently. That was the motive used by the prosecutor. And I think that that makes sense because the timing is exactly right. Uh, The embezzlement was discovered in his law firm um, and his son was not connected to the embezzlement, but but the son and the wife both knew about it, or he was afraid they were going to know about it. Uh, I mean, horrific. You can't really talk about something like this rationally. Uh, but the uh, fascination of this particular case had a national, if not international, quality to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I really do think, Heather, it, it is about uh, the mighty coming down, being fallen. I know. I know. Well, yeah, he is not the average person who's on trial for murder. And also there were a lot of other tales too about him and family members getting out of jail free before that. So I think some people feel that it good was, about this. Well, I, I'm sure that they, they feel good about justice being done. Right. Um, but uh, it is interesting to me that there is in this country a sense, and we see this, and we saw this in East Palestine, uh, Ohio, a sense that the average person out there 
uh, is being ignored and neglected, right. and uh, that the the people who have the power, who who really are the movers and shakers, uh, are getting away with murder. I know. And this is a sort of an interesting example of them not getting away with right. murder. Uh, and yet we still have the East Palestines. Tell us more about America. that, if you would. Well, what happened uh, that this just, week? That it was just continu- that continues to reverberate. I mean, what's what's interesting about this? The derailment, creating the toxic plume, mm-hmm. happened what February third. Mm-hmm. Now we are far away from February third, a month away, and yet it continues to build in terms of a story. Again, there is a story behind the story, just like there's a story behind the story of Murdoch. Uh, the story behind the story of East Palestine is a huge, powerful company, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Norfolk Southern. And when there was a meeting this week, finally, Norfolk Southern sent somebody to the meeting. Uh, and of course, everybody was screaming at this person, right. get us out of here. Get us out of here. We're trapped. Yep. Now, listen to those words. Get us out of here. It's your responsibility to get us out. We are trapped. Right. People are afraid of the toxicity. They're afraid of what the uh, what was on the, the train mm-hmm. that derailed. Uh, but they also, the, the notion of feeling trapped, Heather, I think that's what I'm getting at. Uh, average working people in this country do feel that uh, big corporations and the people who are getting away with murder are are, are at the same time trapping uh, average people who can't move, who, right. who literally are trapped in the kind of lives they the lives they lead. Right, and the CEO did not make an appearance, Alan Shaw, notably. Uh, and it was interesting that he didn't. Uh, I mean, this is his second opportunity to make a, an appearance. He did not. Uh, I think he just wanted to and continues to want to avoid it. Right. Now, are there what's happening in terms of movement, in terms of safety? Because that was interesting. Well, J.D. Vance uh, and also uh, the you know his his Sharon other senator Sharon yeah. Brown, um, both of them introduced legislation, uh, bipartisan legislation, to improve rail safety. Now, obviously, it's Ohio; they are Ohio senators. But this is J.D. Vance's first real foray into legislation. Uh, and it looks like this legislation has a good chance of being passed uh, because there are so many right. Republican senators who feel affected right. by uh, this town. And again, let's stress, this is white people, working class people in a swing state area. Mm-hmm. There's Ohio and Pennsylvania. And of course, uh, every politician wants to make sure that they, these yep. people, these are the kind of people that feel left behind. Right. And uh, it takes a disaster like this for people to pay attention. Yes. And so Congress, with 2024 in the right. background, right. is beginning to pay attention right. to these kinds of things. This is why Trump was out there. Right. Um, speaking of Trump and J.D. Vance, CPAC... Conservative Political Action Conference yes. happening now. We yes. are not, we're not there. No, we're not. We didn't end up going. No, I, I turned my ticket in. Yeah. I gave Ugh. it to Ticketmaster. I, oh, I just, that's just, them. Yeah. Um, um, I know. So what's I, happening there? Well, it's interesting because this, the Republican Party has a civil war going on, a huge civil war. This is the MAGA Republicans versus the conservative Republicans. Right. Uh, really, the MAGA Republicans, uh, the culture war Republicans, Trump primarily, but also DeSantis, versus the economic conservative Republicans, mm-hmm. the old Republicans, the um, the Republicans who are sort of the movers and shakers and financiers of the party, the Rupert Murdochs of the party. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, that 
kind of uh, civil war is coming to a head in places like CPAC. Uh, a lot of the MAGA people did not want the old kind of money conservatives to be that CPAC. Right. And Michael Pence did not go. Mm-hmm. A lot of people did not go. You have people there at CPAC this week, this past week, uh, like Marjorie Taylor Greene, mm-hmm. you know, talking about, you know, uh, trans people. I mean, it is... The MAGA Republicans represent the ugliest side of American xenophobia, Uh, and uh, you know it's 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 hate. I mean, they are really projecting, magnifying Trump's hate. Uh, Trump is going to be there tonight. Mm -hmm. Uh, You you can predict what he's going to say. Go ahead, give give the Trump speech. Oh, um, hold on. Okay. Good, good imitation. You like this? It's really good. The left yeah. is terrible. I was going to try and actually do a Trump, but now I'm thinking about it too much and I can't do it. Um, I mean, either. I think it was political. I read a Politico said he's either going to nail it or fall on his face and nothing in between. I mean, I think that it'll be That's a whole lot of does. pompous, ridiculous. Who's He'll be mad at Murdoch, speaking of. Oh, he, he's already furious. Furious, I know. Because Murdoch, <laughs> Rupert Murdoch. Uh, Fox News's owner, um, Rupert Murdoch, his uh, is basically his his testimony came out in a deposition. This is the remember the um, the trial mm-hmm. uh, that Dominion Voting Systems is putting that's it um, onto Fox News uh, and uh, and this defamation lawsuit and Fox News, uh, including the. Statements of a lot of the hosts and Rupert Murdoch uh, have been saying effectively they think Trump is full of, uh, you know, horse manure, uh, that Trump never won. And we all knew it. And we were all telling each other that, uh, well, this is exactly what Dominion is saying. Dominion is saying you guys knew this was an intent uh, to defame us. But uh, it comes out that Rupert Murdoch uh, really is distancing himself from even his hosts, mm-hmm. saying, you know, he knew it and they should not have done that. They shouldn't have supported Trump. They shouldn't have supported his big lie. Um, and now Trump is, of course, infuriated yep. at Rupert Murdoch. Yep. So the Civil War has all kinds of wonderful <laughs> aspects mm. to it. DeSantis not going to CPAC. DeSantis is not going. Stay Interesting. Away. Interesting. I think that he doesn't want to be seen quite yet mm-hmm. as a uh, a kind of Trump a Me Too, uh, you know, a kind of a uh, an acolyte yeah. of Trump. Uh, but DeSantis is is don't rule him out. I no. mean, as Trump fades, Scary. DeSantis is the logical heir apparent. I think what Trump is counting on is that more and more Republicans enter the fray. Mm-hmm. I mean, the more that who enter, right. the more, remember, this is what happened in 2016, Trump stands out mm-hmm. and everybody else divides the anti-Trump vote. Yep. So you have Nikki Haley. Yep. And who else is it? Who is, I mean, it, it seems absolutely clear that Pence is going to go in. Right. But um, he hasn't announced yet. Tim Scott is going to go in. Uh, DeSantis going in. Um, you probably have five or six or seven others jumping in. And uh, once you get up to eight or nine, I think, unfortunately, it's Trump's. I mean, Trump gets the nomination mm. because everybody else is dividing the anti-Trump right. vote. Wow. Over DeSantis. Over, yes. I, DeSantis is trying to position himself to go either way, either mm. the MAGA route and, you know, Ultra I mean, MAGA. everything, everything, Trump, everything DeSantis is doing in Florida uh, with regard to the schools and uh, Disney. I mean, it's all 
uh, this culture war stuff. Uh, but it's not, nobody can come up to the, uh, the, the, the horribleness, the, the, uh, the, the kind of degree of uh, loudishness. Is that a word? It is now. Of and if it's of, for of anyone, Donald, it's for Trump. Of so Donald, yes, Donald Trump. I mean, I mean, I mean, we've all experienced it. We've all seen it. We all, we've all heard it. Uh, and he has not yet come back to to that degree. I think I don't know whether he's saving it. Mm. We will know tonight know. at the CPAC. I think this is going to be his um, his his twenty twenty four election speech yeah. in a way. Really indicative you, you of the look, direction. You, you, I know you I'm have in a pain. Disgusting. Yeah. You are look. You look disgusted. Yeah. You have a. a kind I don't. Of a I'm look not of, into it. No. It's, it does. It gives me. A st- it actually gives me a stomach. Well, ache. it does me too. I, right. I mean, this nothing that I've said about the Republican Party, uh, even the Civil War, is good for the rest of America. No. Uh, and uh, we need. We as a country, we need two functional political parties uh, that can lead the government if they have the power. And we don't. No. One of the great tragedies of our time. Mm. Well, maybe AI will save us. AI will <laughs> save us. Yes. Have you? Uh, I understand we have a guest next week, a special guest. I'm excited. Is this? I think we should try it. Um, but you wrote some good pieces on AI this week. I read one on Substack. So well, other I, people I mean, did too, probably. The, the one thing that I really do believe that nobody's talking about is not the AI is going to take over all professional work. Uh, and that uh, is going to maybe 10 or 15 or 20 years from now uh, raise the question, and it's a serious question, who is going to have the income to buy right. all of the goods and services that have AI in them? Uh, because once we don't have any work, hello, right. we don't Scary. have any income. Right, exactly. Uh, which I think is going to lead to a basic minimum income for everyone. A subsistence income, but enough so we can buy. Right. Interesting. Well, uh, people AI. have been fighting for that in any case. Well, but you, you get AI once will you push. get Heather. Once you get the professionals, right? And once you get the executives, and they're saying they will say they're not saying now, but they will say, um, "I'm we're looking down, we're looking in the future, and AI is going to take away jobs, right. and so there will not, not be an economy. People will not have right. enough money to buy." Our stuff. Once the executives talk, then we yes. really should the C-suite. listen. We get right. into the C-suite. I mean, then I just perk up and can't wait to hear what's being you said. Look like it. But so, yeah. So next week, I think we should try. So chat GPT. I don't know if all of our listeners have tried this yet, but you can get it. You know, you can play around with AI. So let's do it. Let's see. Well, we'll invite them. You invite them. You bring, bring, bring okay, them. I'll send get an coffee. email to my get coffee for AI them. friend. Um, have a good week. You too. Heather. Is this... Um, is there anything coming up in your week we should talk about? I don't think so. Just the usual. But I don't mind that. I don't mind a week where I don't have tons planned and I'm terrified of something. And Well, next Friday is going to be the unemployment report. Right. Jobs uh, report. The jobs report for February. And uh, that's one I'm looking at. Right. And I'm, frankly, a little concerned. But well, let's, let's, let's end on an upbeat note. Okay. I'm going to play a goodie. This is by... Oh. Here. You can read it. Michael. Oh, th- this is by um, Michael Hopp. Uh, Michael Hopp, somebody people say Hoppe. Uh, he is a wonderful man, wonderful composer, a dear friend. And uh, we'll close with his, uh, his, his Nocturne in Blue. Yes. And it is a, I invite you. I'll tell you something. I...
promised Michael that I would come up with lyrics. You did for this. Well, that's what we'll do with Chat <laughs> well, GPT we, next week. And I tried so desperately for months. It's such an intricate melody. I didn't know you were a lyricist. We'll see you next week. <laughs>